This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Moving now to a conversation on South Africa's budget. Now, we spent a lot of time on the show unpacking uh, that uh, budget that was delivered by Finance Minister Inokotongwana last week. And I think uh, what really uh, stood out uh, for many is uh, just, I guess, the lack of bold moves. We didn't see anything uh, with tax and even uh, quiet over issues of SOEs. But Fitch, which is uh, the rating agency, has come out to say that uh, as a result, that budget was over-optimistic. And joining us to unpack what this means and even... What it means for our credit rating in the future is Linda Eads, Investment Executive at Afford Asset Management. Linda, good evening. Thank you for your time. Good evening, Nolutunda, and thanks for having me. Thank you so much for chatting to us this evening, Linda. Maybe we can start off by uh, getting your overall sentiments on the budget uh, and uh, how uh, you thought it fared. Well, Nolutunda, we tend to agree with Fitch, who obviously came out yesterday with their opinions on the budget, which is that it is a fairly sensible budget in the short term, but we're concerned as to whether it's actually realistic. And there are a few things uh, that we have concerns about, which may be a little bit uh, too optimistic and which may indicate that it's really sort of solving some of the short term issues, but not solving some of the underlying concerns that Fitch has and which keep us in junk status at double B minus in terms of our credit rating. Let's talk about those things, Linda. What are they? So first of all, uh, the Fitch was concerned that the budget is a little bit too optimistic in terms of its projections for revenue. Uh, so they think that the shortfall between what the government earns versus what it spends, and we look at that as a percentage of GDP, so we look at the deficit, they think that um, it might actually turn out to be worse than expected. And then second of all, they are concerned about the fact that the budget didn't make any provision for more SOE bailouts, which in a way the market was happy to see, but they actually think that given the importance of the likes of Eskom and Transnet to the well-functioning of the economy, that there will be more uh, bailouts down the line. And in particular, they have provided for an extra $50 billion, uh, to Transnet to actually sort of take over their debt over the next two years. And then lastly, they did make the point, which we also agree with, that using the unrealized gains in the gold and foreign exchange contingency reserve account to actually bring down the amount that they need to borrow is a short-term solution. It does uh, bring that number down, but it kicks the can down the road in effect. It doesn't actually solve the underlying issues which are actually driving that credit rating. Uh, So those are the things that we would also agree with in terms of the budget, perhaps being a little optimistic and uh, the likelihood that down the line things might turn out to be a little bit worse than projected. What do we know for sure, Linda, and I think it's a conversation we possibly uh, didn't spend too much time uh, having around the budget because we were focused on the budget, is really the fact that um, there is no way that a company like Transnet would have the balance sheet to get more uh, funding, even with the guarantee that we saw it receive last year. It is going to need capital, and I think uh, that's more of a definite than it is a probability. Yes, we would tend to agree. And and the issue is not that it actually needs more capital. It's actually in terms of what will happen with that capital and whether they will actually follow through on implementation. So outsourcing to third 
party service providers is part of the solution. But unfortunately, both the government and the SOEs don't have a very good track record in terms of actual implementation. So the one thing is the high levels of government spend in areas which maybe aren't solving our fundamental problems with, re- with regards to constraining economic growth, but also just in terms of our very, very high government debt levels. Um, so we've seen government debt actually balloon over the years. Um, it's actually now sitting over 5 trillion rand. And of course, that's a problem because, first of all, government needs to pay interest on that debt. And of course, uh, if the government is seen to be quite a risky country to lend money to, the interest rates on that debt is quite high. And we call that the country risk premium. So that's how risky does the world regard South Africa uh, as to lend money to. And of course, the riskier you are to lend money to, the higher the interest rate that you have to pay. And at the moment, it's projected that 21% of all government revenue is actually just going to go towards paying the interest on debt. So let's just think about that. That means that 21 rand of every 100 rand that the government collects in tax revenue is not going to go to healthcare and education and all those good things, infrastructure spend, which actually is going to help solve some of our problems. But it's actually just going to paying the interest on the ballooning amounts of high government debt. So those are things that we remain concerned about, and we'd like to see sort of really meaningful uh, decreases in those ratios that we look at. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned, the unrealized gains used from what we call the JFECRA account, which is just obviously the acronym for that gold and forex contingency reserve account, that does help, but it is actually just a a short-term solution. It's actually not speaking to solving the underlying issues which really need to be addressed. I think for me, Linda, what's very evident at this point is that maybe we're stuck a little bit, uh, you know, in a bit of a trap. The growth is low. The infrastructure doesn't work. uh, The balance sheet is tight. uh, And I'm just uh, keen to get your thoughts on what that also might do for uh, future credit ratings, not only from Fitch, uh, from all of them. It just looks like there's very little uh, breathing room or that can actually really be done at this point. Yes, you're quite right. And and, and one of the ratios that uh, rating agencies such as Fitch and Moody's and S&P will look at is the amount of total government debt outstanding in comparison to the GDP or the gross domestic product of South Africa. And that uh, GDP is basically a measure of all the goods and services that South Africa produces. And we look at that government debt relative to GDP because that gives us a sense of whether the country is producing enough goods and services to actually service or pay back its debt. And at the moment, it's projected to be uh, around 75% by 2025, already by the National Treasury themselves. But in actual fact, we and Fitch uh, think that that might actually be north of 80%. And when you get to those sort of levels, that's really where rating agencies are going to look to potentially downgrade you further. And as I mentioned, we at double B minus, which is basically junk status. It sounds terrible, but it means that we not investment grade. And that does have an implication in terms of the interest rates uh, that the government has to pay. So yes, we are stuck in a little bit of a debt trap at the moment. And yes, using the JFECRA does improve those ratios a little bit, but it really doesn't do enough to actually bring us back to a sustainable level where we quite clearly producing enough goods and services to actually service and pay back those high levels of government debt. But given that it's an election year, I suppose, um, you know, as I say, uh, it could have been worse. Uh, so I guess we have to sort of look at that 
realistically and pragmatically and sort of think about that trajectory over time. So that's what we will be watching closely. I also ask you, Linda, uh, what we've seen post-COVID-19 is other African countries really battling to service their uh, obligations, having to, uh, you know, uh, get into conversations with the IMF, restructuring deals and so on uh, to really, you know, survive that and to ensure that the fiscus can continue running. Is this a possibility for South Africa? Yes, you're quite right. Many, many emerging market countries are sitting with ballooning amounts of government debt, and many of them have got into quite a lot of difficulty. Now, South Africa is not quite there yet, um, fortunately. One of the things that obviously is in our favor is that uh, we have a lot of local currency debt rather than foreign currency debt. Um, and three ways that a, a government can obviously sort out their debt situation is firstly the, the a solution that we all want, which is actually to have more economic growth. Um, But second of all, of course, they can go and restructure debt, but that's a really bad thing because it really increases the riskiness that investors, obviously the risk premium that investors want to uh, earn investing in a country or lending to a country, and it can be very dire in terms of the future ability of a government to actually raise government debt. And then the third way that a government can actually get their way out of that situation, particularly if they're sitting with high levels of local currency debt, is actually allow inflation to creep up. Um, Because when we look at debt to GDP, that ratio that I mentioned earlier, we're looking at nominal GDP. And what that means is that it includes inflation. Now, there has been some talk of lowering our inflation target band. Um, but, of course, one of the ways that the government can actually get out of the situation is to allow inflation to be higher than normal. And, of course, that would have very, very uh, dire uh, consequences um, for, obviously, everyone in the economy. So we hope that won't be the solution. And we're really hoping that over time we can work towards uh, the first solution, which is obviously economic reform. We have elections in about uh, f- three months, I think, uh, you know, and what that tells me, Linda, is not much can happen in three months in terms of turning the economy around. Uh, what we then know for sure is that the seventh administration, however it will look, uh, that's uh, the, the administration that's going to inherit uh, possibly the risks uh, that you mentioned uh, this evening, all that has been uh, kicked uh, down the road. And so maybe that uh, second half stability that we're hoping to see in 2024 may not necessarily come to fruition. You're quite right. It is a short-term situation and these things, obviously, we didn't get into the situation overnight and we're not going to get out of the situation overnight. So, uh, yes, I think, um, obviously, the budget was presented with that election backdrop um, and we are concerned about areas of the budget such as the public sector wage bill, but I think it would be unrealistic to expect too much to be done there, given, you know, the fact that we are in an election year, of course. Um, and of course, you know, the likes of, of the social distress grants have, have also been extended. Um, again, these are short-term solutions and not really solving the underlying problems. So let's hope that uh, with a new government, we will continue to see progress being made with regards to solving the major problems and headwinds that the South African economy still faces today. Well, Linda, I have a feeling we'll be speaking about this right into the end of the year. Thank you for joining us this evening, and I hope we can keep chatting. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Go well. That's Linda Eads. Uh, she is Investment Executive at Ford Asset Management there. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.